Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And this week, we are talking about New Year's related things, which is our reading challenges and our reading goals. Um, Dawn, you have feelings about reading challenges, so we're going to get into (laughs) Dawn's feelings. We are. We are. Um, But... We're sitting at, you know, New Year's Eve today, and um, we have a whole year of reading ahead of us. So how do you feel about New Year's, Dawn? Are you like a excited about New Year's person, or is it just not your thing? It feels pressure, or how do you feel about New Year's? Well, for a really long time, I was a school teacher. And so New Year's didn't mean anything to me because it was the middle of the year. And if you were a school teacher, you know, from the day you come back in January until the day you get out for spring break in March, that is the absolute longest, darkest drudgery (laughs) part of the year. And so New Year's Eve wasn't ever really exciting for me. I've just in the past couple of years started thinking of things in terms of human years instead of teacher years. So it's actually like a new start. Mm-hmm. I never make it to midnight. I mean, I mm-hmm. might, but if I do, it is curled up on the couch with a blanket and, oh, it's 1158. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it just a little, oh, okay. 1201. I'm in bed. Yeah. Yeah. I try. I, I usually make it to midnight, but I'm struggling now to get there. Um, I like to see the the ball drop, which happens for us, us in central time zone an hour early. So after I see the ball drop in New York, I'm kind of like, okay, that's good enough. <laughs> yes, we're good. Um, but I have discovered what I was thinking about this um, and getting ready for the holidays, you know, Christmas and all of that, that I don't really love Thanksgiving and Christmas that much. I love parts of it, but because I have so many responsibilities for it, a lot of times it feels like a job instead of like, oh, yay, Christmas. Um, so New Year's is actually my favorite holiday. So I discovered that this year and I, it makes sense because y'all all know I'm a nerd and I love goal setting and I love fresh starts and having new planners and a new book journal and all of those things. And it all happens at New Year's. I do all of my prep work kind of that week between Christmas and the new year. And so it's like my favorite time. So I actually am very pro New Year's. Um, and one of my favorite things to do is set my new reading challenges. So first we wanted to talk a little bit about what is the difference between a reading challenge and a reading goal. So since I'm the challenge person, (laughs) I'll talk about those first and Dawn can handle goals, but um, a reading challenge to me, and this is just our definition because everybody can pick how they label their things. But to me, it's a prescribed kind of challenge. So you have prescribed things you're going to read based on a specific challenge. So maybe it's a debut author challenge or a diversity challenge or reading the classics. Some of them are random and fun. Like it's just a grid of like, read something, you know, set on a beach or read something with this on the cover. Um, And then there's specific ones for months. Like there's nonfiction November that a lot of bloggers do. There's audiobook challenges. So to me, that's what a challenge is. You're trying to read these specific things, maybe not these specific books, although it can be, um, but books in these specific topics 
or it can just be a number of books. So Goodreads reading challenge is just what is the number of books you want to read each year? So that's how I define a challenge. But Dawn, how do you define a reading goal? Because you don't love a challenge. I do not love a challenge. I'm not the person who has to check off the boxes Mm -hmm. as I go along. That's not my personality. My personality is getting to a point. Like we have arrived at your destination. I like the GPS way, basically. (laughs) And so that's why I lean towards reading goals. And so instead of saying, I'm going to read one classic and I'm going to read one historical and I'm going to read one by a dude with purple hair, mine is I want to reach a certain number. And so when you're talking about reading goals, you can talk about, I want to read more in this genre, or I want to read more by this author, or I just want to have this many minutes of reading time, which makes me flashback to having to fill out the elementary school reading logs things that I am so (laughs) glad I'm done with in my life. And I'm not talking about for me, I'm talking about having to initial it for my kids. But so my preference is having a, a more, the destination, it doesn't really matter how you get there. Right. And some reading goal examples of things, if you're trying to brainstorm things you'd like to do, if you don't want to do a challenge, um, it could be like our first episode was about DNFing. So maybe you're afraid of the DNF. And so in 2022, you're going to be, give yourself more leeway to not read through the end of a book. If you don't like it, um, I actually texted Dawn last night. <laughs> so I was reading a book with that shall remain, remain nameless. Um, but I was like, I am 65% of the way through this book. I have, according to my Kindle, 30 minutes left to read on it. I really don't want to read the rest of it, but I feel like I've read enough that I can count it, but I don't know what to do. And so she was like, you count the book, Ronnie. (laughs) Yes, you totally count the book. You are more than halfway through. You totally count the book. This was a DNF dilemma for me. So I did DNF it and I did count it. Um, But yeah, I, I was struggling. So but yeah, that could be a goal or a goal to, I think Dawn, you said you're going to try a fiction audiobook or try to get into audiobooks this year. I am. We've talked before about how audiobooks are just not my thing, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm missing out because everybody is talking about them and everybody is like, oh, you should listen to this one. This narrator is fabulous. And it's something to do while I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. And so as I was pondering this the other day, a message popped up in my Instagram inbox informing me that one of the um, authors that I had commented on her post, I want a free audio code. And I felt like that was the book universe (laughs) saying, Dawn, we are handing you this book. You need to listen to it. So that is one of my goals is that I'm going to check out more audio books and see if I really don't enjoy them or if that's just something left over from years ago when I tried them and they weren't appropriate for my life at that time. Yeah. I feel like you have to kind of train yourself into fiction audiobooks. At least for me, that's how it's been. I've, that was one of my goals this past year that I was trying to try out some fiction and audio and not just nonfiction. And it took me a couple, but now I am happy um, to pick up an audiobook and, you know, that's fiction. And it is good, especially too. you read all day long, you're reading on a screen all day long. So it might be a good break for you to not have to be staring at something, um, but still getting some reading time in. But So that's a good example. We have a couple others we listed, like using the library more. I'm trying to do that on my end over here since I got that out of town library card. Um, Set a reading time and protect that time. So if you find, if you look back on your 2021 and you're like, I really didn't read as much as I wanted to, um, what can you do to kind of make space for that in your new year? Um, Dawn, I think you're working on that too, right? 
I am. And one of the things I think all of our listeners need to be aware of is that is not selfish. Mm -hmm. Setting that reading time and saying, this is my reading time and glaring daggers at anyone who (laughs) dares disturb the queen while she's reading is perfectly okay. Right. It is self-care. Reading is self-care. Joining a book club might be a goal for you, especially since we're, you know, have gone through pandemicness and all of that. We might be craving, you know, being with people either online or in person for a book club. And I think we're going to do a later episode, maybe about book clubs and how to put one together or how to be part of one or the different versions and iterations of book clubs. You could sign up for a bookish subscription could be a goal. And Dawn has a very judgy note on our notes for (laughs) this. Bonnie, we're going to stage an intervention. It needs to happen at this point. (laughs) I've only signed up for three, unless you count Kindle Unlimited, which is four. But, you know, I think that's fine. So I had talked about last time I signed up for the book drop and I have now signed up for the bookworm box, which we'll talk about later when we get to my challenges. But yeah, apparently I'm, I'm primed for an intervention. Um, yes. You could set We're a goal. We're all going to gather <laughs> in a room and talk to Ronnie. <laughs> um, cleaning out your TBR can be a good goal, especially when you're doing those January, like organizing and cleaning out your house and all that going through your TBR, which I did this past year. And it was very helpful to kind of look through those books you bought six years ago and you're just not interested in anymore, either donating them or moving them to a different shelf in your Goodreads if they're eBooks, um, just to get them off of your you know, plate so that you can focus on the books that you actually are excited to read. Um, you could also track your reading, which you know I'm very pro tracking with spreadsheets and book journals and all of those things. So Dawn, you're gonna do some tracking? I am. You have completely converted me to the joys of the reading journal, which I think everybody should have. And so one of my main goals for next year is to track all of my reading. I don't have to do a full journal page about each thing, but I do want to write down somewhere everything I read. That way, next year, when we get to our best of list, then I'm not having to scavenge through my Amazon buys and my Goodreads list, and I'll have it all nice and neat. Yes. Or I'll abandon that in March and completely be. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep on you for this one. I'm going to be your, your accountability buddy on this one because it is hard to do the podcast if you can't find which books you've read. I don't guess you don't exactly. need that to life. So it will make it easier on you. And then mentioning the reading journal, that can be a goal too. So if you haven't listened to our reading journal episode, you can go back and start one fresh for 2022 um, and, you know, have the joy of the reading journal. But All right. So if we're, those are goals, if you're going to do a reading challenge or you're thinking about doing a reading challenge, we've already mentioned that Dawn is not into the challenges and I am. So I thought it would be helpful to go through some of the pros and cons of reading challenge and get two different perspectives on them, because it's going to depend on your personality. um, If you are going to get joy from a reading challenge, or if it's going to drag you down. So if you are a person who is motivated by filling in boxes, checking off things, having like a filled out sheet of something, having a blank. And then at the end of the year, you can look and you can see everything's filled out or colored in. Um, that gives me great joy. <laughs> so if you, um, I have a read wide challenge that I'll talk about a little bit later that I've done for years and it's a grid, um, with colors and divided by genre. And at the end of the year, it's like a rainbow filled in and it makes me very happy to turn to that page in my reading journal and see that. So if you're that kind of person, um, reading challenges might be for you, but if you feel pressure 
from a challenge. So if it starts to make reading less fun, if it makes it feel like homework or assigned reading, then maybe not. And Dawn, this has been your experience, right? Right. That is completely me. I, when I was a junior in high school, I flat out refused to read the Scarlet Letter. Like that was like my first little rebellion in school is I'm like, I'm not reading this and I don't care if I fail. Um, I didn't fail, which annoyed the teacher because I could listen to the classroom discussion enough to pass the quizzes. And she did not appreciate that because she knew I wasn't reading the book. And even though I don't consider myself a big mood reader, like we've talked before about Mm -hmm. how you are very much a mood reader, and I don't see myself as that, I like to have a choice in the book I'm picking up. Mm -hmm. And I like, if I'm not in the mood for this kind of book, if I'm looking at my list of boxes that I need to check off and I'm like, oh, I have three left and they're only this, this, or this, I'm going to feel like I need to pick that up. And that's what, that pressure makes it less enjoyable for me. Yeah. And I have to balance it for me. So I was the person who didn't like assigned reading either. And I did read cliff notes in high school, as much as a reader, as I was, I was not feeling those classics. Please don't make me read great expectations. Please God. Sometimes you (laughs) just have to, sometimes they just don't age as well as people think they did. No, no. So I, I have to avoid that because my rebel will kick in for that. So if something is too specific of a challenge, sometimes it will push me away from it. Um, but I do think that this all is this whole reading challenge. Love comes from my pizza hut book it challenge. If you're a kid of the eighties, that was when you would get free pizza for reading a certain amount of books. And I really liked pizza and I really liked books. And so did Dawn. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm pretty sure I still have somewhere in like that box of things that your parents eventually make you take from your house. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I still have one of my book it pens. Oh, cute. Because Pizza books. Yes, I was totally there, but they didn't tell you what to read. You just had to read however many. That's true. It was much more like the Goodreads challenge where it's just a number. Um, But I think that's where I got my first reading challenge satisfaction and I was hooked since then. But so, if you're going to do a reading challenge, you want to think of the pros. um, The positive size for me is it can help you get out of a reading rut. So if you're not you're kind of been reading the same things or you're stuck in the same authors and you just kind of want something different. A reading challenge can push you out of that, you know, rut. It can push you out of your comfort zone. Um, it can get you to read more. So if you're having trouble finding that time to read, but you're motivated by a challenge, you could find the time of, okay, I know I have to, I've set this goal to read two bucks a month, or I've set this goal to read 10 romances by the end of the year. So I need to make this time. Um, if you are a person that can be held accountable to that, like if you're internally motivated to, to do those things, um, it can be fun to do with friends. So if you are a social person and you want to do a challenge with a friend that can add something to your conversations, it could be a book club kind of thing. Like your whole book club is going to try to do a certain challenge and that can make it more fun. Um, I'm kind of a solo challenge person, but I could see how that could be fun to do a reading challenge together. Um, Well, and if you're a competitive type person, Mm -hmm. then you can have that little bit of, okay, whoever reads this buys the queso or something like that. Just some Mm -hmm. kind of little reward. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, I find I'm only competitive with myself on things like this. So like, I'm okay with other people's, you know, reading more books than me or whatever. That doesn't bother me, but um, it can expand your horizons and, and teach you things. So if you want to read more diversely, if you want to read more international authors, if you want to read more about a certain topic in nonfiction, there's obviously a million things you can do to learn more. Um, and, you know, through a challenge, 
And then you may just discover something new that you didn't know you liked, or on the flip side, rule out some things that you just decide aren't for you. So this is what I, when I did the read wide challenge originally, this was my point was I was reading pretty much all romance in YA, which I loved, but I wanted to expand my horizons, which is why I was read wide. Um, so I put in things like cozy mysteries or thriller or, you know, historical fiction and you can customize that challenge. So I didn't assign people something. So it's whatever you want to add to your reading life. And so I found some things out, like I read a cozy mystery and eh, it didn't really do much for me. So the next year I didn't put that on my challenge because it was like, I tried it probably not for me, not that I'll never read another one again. Um, but it taught me something about that on the flip side. If I, you know, I read some literary fiction, which I thought for sure, I'm not going to like, because it reminds me of school books. And then I ended up loving them a number of literary fiction books. And now it's something I do read. So um, it is, it has been helpful on a practical level for me of expanding my reading life and introducing me to authors and genres and things I didn't, you know, know I would have liked. So but you have to watch, you have to watch the fine line there mm -hmm. because then you get into situations like you had last night of, okay, so I read the first 20% of this book it's a cozy mystery. I have cozy mystery on my list, but I don't want to finish this one. Yeah. See on those challenges for me, so you can set your own rules. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but my rules for me is like, I had a TBR challenge this year. So my TBR challenge was I wanted to get through some of the books I, that were sitting there on for years. So my TBR challenge had a list of circles with years. So the book was published in 2012, 2013, 2014, each had a circle and I had to fill in something that I read from that year. And then I had um, more circles for my book of the month club stuff. So I could get through some of my book of the month club books. Now for those challenges, if I tried the book and I got into a decent percentage of it, not just the first couple of pages and didn't like it, it counted for the challenge because I did what I needed to do was I got it off my TBR. So the point of the challenge was to clean up my TBR. If I read the book and was like, nope, not for me, that, that served the purpose of the challenge. So I filled that out and on my read wide, same thing. If I've read enough of the book um, to feel like I gave it a good shot, I'll fill it in um, on my challenge. So you can make your rules on that. Um, You're still allowed to DNF, even if you need to fill in the little box. Yes. Yes. Because if I couldn't do that, then I definitely would start feeling like assigned reading vibes and that would throw me off. Um, and then I've learned about myself that I don't like the, the challenges that are too specific and arbitrary in the topics. So I need like a purpose. Um, if it's like read a book with a plant on the cover, why the hell do I need to read a book with a plant on the cover? <laughs> like, I don't, the question part of my mind is like, no, what is the purpose? Um, so then I get annoyed with those challenges. Now, some people find those really fun because they are random and you might find a random author, but yeah, I, I'm like, why, why the plant or why a girl with an umbrella on the cover? I don't care. I, why, <laughs> why those challenges? But if you love those, no judgment, because you know, if you like the randomness of it, that can be uh, a good thing too. But yeah, so those are some of the pros. Um, and Dawn, you pretty much talked about the cons, but yeah, as we talked about, I'm, I'm more of a goals person. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in here in just a minute. I will even admit that I have downloaded Ronnie's read wide challenge <laughs> and I have failed and that was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I even set a challenge for myself because my mom left me tons and tons of books. And I wanted to do like you did with your TBR challenge of, I have to figure out which one of these I like, which one of these I don't, what am I never going to read? And so I think two or three years ago, I set a goal of, I was going to read one book from each of her series and decide if I liked that series or if I didn't like that series, if I wanted to donate the books. And I think I made it through three. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't working. And so I think that's an important, important part to make too, of challenges are good. Mm -hmm. And we know that one of the two of us needs to mark off all their boxes, (laughs) but if you get yourself into a challenge and it doesn't work for you, it is okay to adjust that. And it's okay to change that. Yes. And I will say I have had personal growth this year, Dawn. (laughs) So (laughs) if we're in the therapist's office right now. My TBR challenge. Okay. So it had the years to fill in. And then it had, I think I had 12 book of the month or 10. I don't remember now. I think it was 12, one for each month that I was going to read. And we are at the end of the year. And I have three of the book of the month that are not filled in on that challenge. Everything else is filled in. All the years got filled in in some book of the month. And I had to make the decision this month um, in December that I can read three book of the month books this month and meet this challenge, but I wasn't in the mood to read those books. And so I gave myself grace and said, you know what? I have proven that I don't need to get too many books from book of the month each month. This is, that's what this challenge has taught me. I need to kind of only get a book when I really, really am excited about one of the choices, not just get something each month to get it. Um, So I learned something, but it did take some personal growth. that I will have empty circles on my reading challenge page for 2021. It hasn't happened. That is okay. It hasn't happened in years that I haven't finished a reading challenge. I did finish my read wide challenge though, which is like 36 books or something ridiculous. I have a big one. Um, I did finish that one like months ago. So I feel good about that one, but yeah, it did take some personal breathing of like, okay, I'm not going to force myself to read three book of the month books this month because I have other things I want to read. So I didn't finish that one. Um, We're very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Ronnie and I have a problem. Um, okay. And I think that leads into with all these challenges out there, how do you decide what challenge for the challenging people? How do you decide what challenge fits you? Right. And there are times I'm going to put some lists. I'll link to some lists in the show notes. Um, I don't need to do a new list because so many people have done that of the great challenges that are out there. So I will just link to somebody else's list on that. But for me, what I have learned is, and this sounds so only child, but I don't like doing other people's challenges. (laughs) I only only like doing mine because I want to personalize it to what my goals are um, for the year. So I'm going to encourage you to look at the challenges that are out there. And if some speak to you, then absolutely it's already pre-done for you. And you could just print out something and you're good to go. But if you want to personalize it, what I ask myself each year is what do I want more of in my reading life in 20, in 2022, this, this case. So in the next year, what do I want more of? And that's what I fashion my challenges around. So this for 2021, I needed to get through more TBR. I was still wanting to read widely. So I did those two challenges um, because that's what I wanted more of this year. I'm changing it up, which we'll get to um, towards the end of the episode. I'll talk about the challenges that I'm doing, but if you ask yourself this question, it will give you a starting point. Um, So if you just want to read more, 
you know, Dawn, I think that's what you're doing is the a simple number of the good range challenge can just can serve that purpose, right? Yes. My goal for this year is just to read more period, read more non-client work. And we're going to talk a little bit later about how I plan to achieve that. But I like the idea of having the simple number of just a number of books, which you can also go by pages. Mm-hmm. And then that way you don't have to have the debate of, do I add this book or do I not? You've got a certain number of pages. Yeah. Well, and the good thing about pages too, is you're less likely to ignore the long books because yeah. when you're trying to do number of books, then that 500 page book looks really intimidating because you're only going to get to count it for one. You could read three novellas. So those of us who would have potential to game the system, I don't know any people like that. Of course I would never <laughs> <laughs> number of pages can help with, with uh, the big books, but if you want, and, and I just have a couple of examples of different challenges, but if you want more genre variety and diversity, like in, you know, authors of color or characters, um, LGBTQ characters, that kind of thing, my read wide challenge works for that. And I will be um, linking to it. I'm not doing it for myself this year, but I still have all the information on my blog of how to put together your own, you choose your own topics, but I have lots of lists um, of how you fill it in, like all the different things you can pick from. Um, if you want to read more diversely. Also book riot has a read harder challenge each year. Those are more specific with their little topic things. They're a little bit kind of like girl on the cover with this, but that's your jam. Um, if you want to dive deep into one genre, you can do a genre specific challenge. We actually are going to have a rad reading romance challenge kind of downloadable thing that is different tropes from romance, different types of romance. I put together this little sheet um, with photos and stuff in um, in a graphic. So you can download that and do what you will with it. If you want to read more romance, um, I'll link to that in the show notes, uh, book versus movie who did it better. That was Dawn. You were thinking about doing something about that. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting way to, because it's, we always want to believe that the book is better, but it's not true all the time. Sometimes the movie does do it better. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, you can do a challenge to make your bookish subscription worth it. Um, like I did, and I'm going to talk a little bit about mine this year for that. You can do an author challenge. If you want to deep dive into an author's backlist or a series challenge, you want to get through that 20 book series, you know, that you've liked a few books, but you keep putting them to the side because you're reading other things. Um, or you can do a bookish podcast challenge where you read a certain number of books recommended on a particular podcast. I don't know. Where could you find, (laughs) I mean, maybe just maybe, Mm-hmm. Like our podcast, we have the Rad Rec reading page. Mm-hmm. I said that without screwing it up. <laughs> and there's all of our favorite books there. So that would be a great challenge. If you're just looking for some place to guide you, mm-hmm. you could check that page out. Absolutely. You could do like a, I'm going to read five Rad Recs this year. And then we're always adding to that list. So that list is just going to get longer and longer. Um, but- and if you do that, you have to come onto social media and tell us, we have to know. Yes. Yes. So you can fashion, basically my point is you can fashion a challenge around anything, the format of the books. You want to read more audiobooks, the, you know, publisher of the books or the decade that it was published in. Cause I, I was considering doing a retro romance challenge at one point where I read, you know, romances, some from the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, et cetera. Um, but I have a challenge that's going to kind of catch that too. So I didn't have to do that specifically. So you know, have fun with it, come up with something that means something to you. And then if you have, you know, social media or a blog or anything, um, you can share it with others and other people will join in on your challenge that, you know, cause it might be personal to you, but other people might be looking for that same kind of thing. So 
have fun with it. Um, Don, you're doing a couple of not challenges, but you're going to do some goals. And since I've been talking for a little while, why don't you talk about yours? And then I'll talk about my challenges I'm doing this year. Okay. So I have two. And so one is Dawn's read your way to 10 K. And first of all, we need to be clear, very clear. We're talking pages, not Mm -hmm. kilometers, because that's not, I don't even know how long a kilometer is. I know I'm not walking 10 of them. So (laughs) that's, we've got that covered. So by next year, by December 31st, I want to have read 10,000 pages of non-client work. And that's what I was talking about. That's where the pages start to count because sometimes I read full books, sometimes I read novellas, and sometimes I love a good short story. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to combine all of those. So that's going to be one of my, it's a goal. I'm not really calling it a challenge. It's a goal. And um, I'm going to make a cute little thing that will be in the show notes for y'all. So if you want to play along with me, you can download that. Awesome. And then my other goal is, and this is kind of a gray area because it's kind of related to my editing and it also is kind of related to having to read specific books, but is I'm going to be focusing on reading books with certain tropes. And we have some really fun stuff. We're going to do with tropes in the new year. So we'll, I'll save all of that, but those are my two goal things. Yeah. I like the trope thing. I think we're going to do probably a special episode on trope stuff so we can dive deeper into that. Cause there's, that's a huge topic, but that could be a fun yes. challenge. Um, and those are technically Dawn's reading challenges, but we're not going to call them that so that she doesn't get goals. scared. <laughs> Their goals. <laughs> Cause she's got overall goals later. We're going to talk about, but these are just more specific goals. Um, the challenges that I am doing this year. So first for the thing Dawn wants to do an intervention for me, um, I have signed up, like I mentioned, for a number of bookish subscriptions. I subscribe to Book of the Month. I'm subscribing to the Book Drops Bubbly subscription, which is their romance subscription. And I recently signed up for the Bookworm Box. You guys basically cost me money because we had to do the subscription episode for the gift episode. And I had to do the research for those. And every one I researched, I'm like, I want this one. I want this. So yeah. Y'all are expensive. This is is where I feel like I need to be like, okay, we're here because we love you. (laughs) And we think it's time to talk about the number of book subscriptions you have purchased. Yeah, I do have a problem, but they're pretty and they're in a box and you don't know what's coming and it's a surprise every month. So yeah, I'm a sucker for the subscription box, but I want to make sure that I'm not just buying them to buy them and have the pretty surprise gift um, I want to actually read the books and to make to see if I even like the subscription. So some of these, like the book drop, are curated. So I want to see, like, do I like the taste of what they pick? Um, hopefully so, since they picked one of my books in the past. <laughs> but if I, you know, hopefully I like their taste. Um, but yeah, so my goal um, or challenge is that I'm going to read 12 books from bookish subscriptions for this year. So I'm still deciding if I'm going to count Kindle Unlimited as a subscription. Probably not because then it'll be too easy to do the challenge. So I need to stick to the ones that are coming in the mail, you know, kind of more expensive things. So that's my bookish subscription challenge. Um, I'll put a little note about it. I'll probably talk about these on my blog. So I'll link to that when I do. Um, if anybody wants to join in, if you have a, a, you know, a subscription problem like I do, which you might after our last episode. Yes. <laughs> so we, we might quite the enabler. We might've been your dealer on that. <laughs> um, and then I'm doing this year, 
is kind of my deep dive into romance. So a lot of my challenges are centered around romance because for the last couple of years, I have done read wide. So I have read so much that sometimes romance is getting pushed to the corner of my reading life and not as many. And I want to kind of be inspired again, and I'm going to be writing new things this year. And so I want to really deep dive into romance. So one I'm doing is an indie author challenge, meaning that the author is self-published and not published through a big five publisher. Um, I'm going to read at least 10 indie published books. And I don't know um, if people even pay attention to this, but for, if you're a writer, it is kind of a two different worlds, a traditional publishing world and indie publishing world and kind of what's popular in one and what's popular popular in the other can be a little different. Um, so for me as a writer, it's interesting to see kind of what's playing well in indie, what's playing well in traditional. So that's part of the reason why I'm reading that. Plus I want to just discover new authors because I can get a little bit of an interrupt with that. But. Well, and I'm really curious about this one and we're going to put a poll up on our social media because I'm curious if people who don't live in this world even pay attention to the publishers when they buy a book. Like when you are picking out your next book from your TBR list, do you even look to see if it's indie published? Do you even know about the publishers? So we're going to put that up on social media. Come let us know because I'm really interested to see what normal quote unquote people do. <laughs> she just called me not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Non-author editor mm-hmm. publisher. Well, and even I take that back. Even if you are an author or an editor, do you even pay attention to that? So that's, I want to know, you know, if you fill out a book spreadsheet that asks for the publisher, then you do pay attention to that. (laughs) So just, you know, and I, I think too, that it's good to know where your sources are. It's just like recommendation sources. If you like Berkeley books, you know, who's a traditional publisher, like consistently they're putting out good books, then you might start paying attention to publisher. If you realize that, Oh, you know, 70% of the Berkeley books I read are great, or, you know, this many of this publisher, I usually DNF and you can kind of learn stuff. So I think, you know, it can be helpful if you want to drill down that deep, but so that's my indie author challenge. Then I'm doing, this is very specific, but I've mentioned the Faded Mates um, podcast before, and this is um, Sarah McLean and Jen Prokop's uh, romance base, very funny, very, but they dive deep into romance. They go into you know, how romance is tied to feminism and all these deep topics on different things and also talk about all the tropes. So it's a great podcast, but in season two, they selected books, they quote unquote blooded them. So it's, I think that's from a Cressley Cole thing, you know, vampires blood you or whatever. Um, but it's books in the romance genre that like hook them deeper into the genre or hook them into the genre in the first place. So there are 14 books from that season that I haven't read Um, And I want to try to make it through the list because I like reading foundational books in a genre or something that started a new trend or, you know, it's market research a lot for me, but I'm just fascinated by the topic. So I have made the list of 14 books. This will be kind of an extra challenge for me because this is so specific. It's read this book, which typically I haven't done well with in the past. So this is going to be an experiment to see if I'm like, well, I don't want to read that book because you told me to read that book. So (laughs) we'll see. Um, but this will also get me some of those older romance books that I was talking about from the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, you know, your bodice rippery books and the things that where romance started. Um, I'm curious about all those. So that'll work in some of those. Um, and Dawn, you said you had questions about this. Oh, I've got so many questions. (laughs) First of all, have you totaled up how many 
books this is gonna because it sounds like you're going for reading an entire library here so have you totaled up what your your estimated book count will be by December 31st 2022 so that would involve math (laughs) so the answer that's no so no um but okay so here's the thing a lot of times if I do multiple challenges they overlap so I'm okay counting a book for two challenges if it fits the requirements of that challenge so if one of the Faded Maids books is indie published, it'll count for the indie published challenge. If it's, you know, a book subscription book and, you know, whatever. So I can mix and match, but I read almost a hundred books this year. So I have some space um, for a pretty big number. I feel like the read wide challenge, like I said, was like, it was a lot, like 36 books or something that I do every year. And I manage that one. So I'm not really intimidated too much by the number, but yeah, it will be a higher number if, you know, books to read well, but it's lots of romance and I'll be going towards the goal of what I want more in my reading life this year which is more romance so we'll see um and then this is not a bookish challenge but I am doing in my newsletter um which you can find and sign up for for free at ronnielauren.substack.com um each week I'm doing a romantic movie review so I'm doing a marathon all year of watching movies from throughout the decades that are um, romantic and have happy endings and all of that and rating them. And so I've already started this. So you can see, if you go to that website, you can kind of see what they look like, but this is just adding to my gear of romance um, that I'm doing in 2022. And it also forces me to have movie time, which can kind of get lost in the shuffle. So my personality type means if I'm going to plan leisure time, I have to put it on a to-do list. And so this is my version of that, of I will force myself to watch romantic movies, which I will enjoy doing, but it has to be quote unquote for work um, in order for me to do it. Otherwise it'll get pushed to the side. So that's my romantic movie marathon challenge. Well, I was just going to say, if you have not signed up for that newsletter yet, you need to sign up for that newsletter because it is so entertaining to me to read Ronnie's reviews (laughs) of these books or of these movies, because it's very much just like we're sitting around talking about these movies and it's kind of like, Okay, so I don't get what was this. I don't know. (laughs) This week's movie, I did not get you guys. So I reviewed Strictly Ballroom and people have feelings about it. People really love this movie. It's ranked really high on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't get it. And somebody in the comments came for me. was like, you have to get it. It's so great. And I'm like, I I just don't get the appeal. So I'm not, unlike my reviews that I do for books online, I don't do negative reviews online. I just don't talk about the books I don't like. For this one, it's a movie. I don't have to worry about hurting somebody's feelings who I know. So I can give my honest opinion of the movie. Um, But I'm having a lot of fun with it. And the Substack um, format is really fun. Um, It's kind of like a blog. So it's kind of like getting a blog in your inbox instead of a traditional newsletter where I'm telling you, go buy my book. Um, So if you want to sign up for that, you can do that. But yeah, that those are my challenges. I'm not doing read wide this year. Um, because I have, I feel like I've gotten what I need to out of it. I'll still be reading from other genres, but I need to focus on romance this year. Um, so yeah, lots of books, lots of challenges, and it's going to mean designing new pages in my reading journal because I had a template for my read wide. So now I got to come up with, I think for the subscription one, I'm going to draw little envelopes with like a heart seal. And that's Aww. what I'll, that's what I'll color in for my subscription things. So if you, um, if you decide you don't like it, is the heart going to be like colored in black? And then <laughs> if it's, 
it's a good when it's colored in pretty and pink. And- yeah, possibly. I'll probably pick a color for each subscription so that I know which ones are which. But yeah, whenever I do that, I will post pictures um, and share them. But yeah, that's my tentative plan. Um, and then we have goals too. So we talked about those are different from challenges, even though Dawn's doing no challenges, clearly just things <laughs> that look like challenges. Um, but what are your actual reading goals this year, Dawn? Well, while you're all deep diving into people in love and romance, yeah, I'm diving into dead people because I need <laughs> That to... sounds really wrong. <laughs> There's just a whole pool of them. I'm just, whew. Um, I need to get back to my, my first love is mysteries and thrillers. Mm-hmm. And I do get to read those. I get to work with some amazing mystery and thriller authors, but I feel like I've kind of, I go back to my old favorites And so I'm expanding my horizons. So my goal is to read more of my mystery and thrillers. And then we also talked about reading some with uh, some of the books with tropes. And then I'm going to try out audiobooks. And tentatively, I'm not committing to this. This is why it is not a checkbox on a paper somewhere is I want to expand my reading horizons a little bit more of maybe throw in a, a historical every now and then, or maybe throw in a literary fiction. We're not going horror. I haven't lost my mind. That's not going to happen. Um, maybe a little nonfiction, that kind of thing. And then definitely, definitely keep every, track of everything in my reading journal and share those pictures with y'all and feel like I've out of this rut that I feel like I've been in for a little bit. Yeah. And I think it will help um, the podcast too, for, you know, if I'm doing all romance this year, not that I'm not going to, not that I'm only going to recommend romance, but if you deep dive into thrillers and mysteries, you'll have um, something different to offer than I am offering on the podcast. So it'll be good for our listeners too. Um, As for the historical romance and stuff, I will help you with these. I will hand select some books to be like, here, Dawn, I think you will like this one. Um, and I, cause I know you're more likely when a friend hands you a book to read it. So yes, absolutely. And for our listeners, I also very much read fantasy and I will not give up my shifters. Don't worry about that. I'm still me. <laughs> aliens will still to, show up. Aliens will still be here. <laughs> I've got a new one coming out for y'all next year. That's going to be really good, but I'm still me. I'm just expanding me a little bit. I just bought a book. I'm not going to say the name yet because I don't know if I'll like it or not, but it is Shifter and they did have Alpha Omega listed in the the description. So apparently I'm entering into some Omega situation, (laughs) which I haven't read yet. So So as soon as we get off today, I've got to find out what book she's reading. (laughs) She just said, as soon as we get off today, (laughs) romance author, sorry, can't, cannot hear that. We're actually 12. Y'all just don't know that. Totally. Um, Okay. So my overall goals this year, um, like I said, I'm diving deep into romance and reading more indie and using my bookish subscriptions. That's what I'm covering with my challenges. But in addition to that, um, I'm going to continue to try out fiction and audio because I, I did a couple this year and I like them, um, but I don't automatically go to it. Like I have to make a point to think to do that. And usually it's it's not available at the library or anything but audio. <laughs> That's kind of how I've decided in the past. Um, so I'm going to work on that. And with that, using my library more. And then I'm going to use my bookish spreadsheet to track my books, but also my recommendation sources, which I started towards the end of this year. And it's been really helpful to see um, who recommended it, if it was successful, which podcast it was on or whatever. Um, And then my overall goal 
for number is to read 75 books, um, which generally my average is around 70 this year. I read way more than that. I'm close to hundred. And I don't stress too much about the number. So I put it there kind of like, cause I like filling out the Goodreads thing, but you know, I'm not real. I usually set a goal that I know I'm going to hit. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> and sometimes I'll move it. Like this year I moved it. Cause I hit, I had put like 70 and I hit 70 really early. And I was like, oh, well then now I'm not motivated by this anymore. So I moved it to 90. <laughs> so you can move the Goodreads one. It will slide and scale. Um, but yeah, so those are mine um, for my overall goals, but we have a lot to do this year now, Dawn, with reading. Ooh, I'm excited. And it's going to make some great content for this podcast. We've got some really exciting things that we're going to do. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. See, this is why New Year's is so exciting. We get new stuff to do. Um, all right. So now it's time for every week we give our rad reading rec, um, which are our favorite favorites that we want to put on that list that you can use as a challenge. <laughs> um, and this week, Dawn, what is your rad reading rec of the week? Well, this is one was part of what kind of inspired my read your way to 10 K because this is actually a short story. It's not super short, but it's a, it's a short story, but I love it. And we're going to see if I can get the title of it, right? <laughs> the title of it is two tamales, one tokarev and a lifetime of broken promises. And it's by Stacy B. Woodson. And a tokarev is a gun, by the way, I had okay. to look that up. And then no, I had no to look up how to say it. And I'm still not sure I'm saying it right. So anyway, I'm cheating a little bit because it is a short story and I just super, super voicey. And we've talked before that the voicey means that the author really, you get drawn into those characters. It really sets up this world for you. And it is part of the Guns and Tacos anthology, (laughs) which was created, which I mean, really, what else do you need in your life right there? Um, It was created by um, Down and Out Books, and each episode is set in Chicago, and it features this taco truck that sells weapons. And so um, this was episode 14 of it, and I'm going to read, I normally don't do back cover copy, but I'm going to read the back cover copy just so you get an idea of the feel of this book. Mm -hmm. And so it's a minister, a taco truck, and a gun. What else could possibly go wrong? Vivian, an ex-con turned prison minister, discovers her brother Tommy is in debt to the Chicago outfit and they're calling the note, 20 grand plus the juice. If Tommy doesn't come up with the money in 72 hours, he will be a permanent resident of Lake Michigan. As kids, she and her brother grew up on the streets and lived by a set of rules. Number one, no drugs. Number two, no turning tricks. And number three, no tangling with the mob. And they'd have each other's backs, always. Vivian can't abandon her brother despite the risk to her church and the new life she's built for herself. So she comes up with a plan, a way to turn the tables on the outfit and save her brother. An East Side bookie, a taco truck, and a Russian-made pistol are the key. But even she knows the plan is a long shot. There's a reason why she made number three. When it comes to the mob, someone always pays the price. And I am a sucker for mafia crime very very much love this i do want to point out it is not not a romance not anything like that it's just a great crime story awesome if i show up to a taco truck and they give me a gun rather than a taco i'm going to shoot them though so i can get the taco (laughs) (laughs) you got to know the special phrase you got to know what to order to get the gun (laughs) i want the taco all right and mine is very different from that as usual we have different (laughs) different wrecks on different spectrums 
Um, mine is One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So I love Taylor Jenkins Reid in general, but this is my very first one I read of her and it like hooked me into autobi author from the very first book. So this book has a very high concept premise, which I've talked about before. I love when you can just read a line about what the book's about and I instantly am pulled in. Um, and that's really hard to pull off in romance and women's fiction, which this one technically is women's fiction with romance in it. So just be warned of that. But um, this one does that. So the premise is Emma falls in love and she marries her high school sweetheart, Jesse. And they're having like this wonderful adventurous romance um, in their first year of marriage. But on their first year wedding anniversary, Jesse's in a helicopter ride over the Pacific and it goes missing. So she's devastated and she's you know lost him and she moves home to deal with her grief. And what I'm telling you about grief, first of all, is you do sit with her in her grief. So be warned that there are sad parts, but you know that he, because of the premise, you know that he's not dead. So I was able to sit with the grief knowing that he's, he's missing, but he's not dead, even though she thinks he is. But years later now, it fast forwards, she's in her thirties and she meets Sam and she finds herself kind of ready to fall in love again. And, but when they get engaged, Jesse, the husband is found and he's been trying to get back to her all these years. So she now has a husband and a fiance and she had true love for both of them, which is why it's called one true loves. Um, so what do you do? So, yeah. And the way she portrays both of the romances is believable. Like you don't like, she really did love both of them and, but she had to move on with her life and she moves on and she's fallen in love. And now, hello, this guy who's been lost and has been looking you know, for her and ready to come back, comes back. So it made me fall in love with her, Taylor Jenkins Reid's writing. Um, it was romantic. So you are going to get, you know, happy love, romantic feelings. But like I said, the sections with her grief are real. Um, it does have an uplifting ending, um, but it is women's fiction, not genre romance. So don't expect fluffy, fluffy, you know, kind of everybody's happy ending. But um, this is what I wrote when I read, when I read it originally, I wrote a blog about it. And this is what I read, wrote in my blog. Um, there are so many things I loved about this book. It was a very fast read and there were so many sweet poignant moments. There was a bookstore and I love books about book people. There are two really great guys to root for and break your heart over. There are funny parts, endearing parts. There's jumping around in time, which is a favorite technique of mine. Um, and this book makes you ask yourself questions. What would I do in this situation? How would I feel? Is there really such a thing as one true love? Um, I can't convey how much I enjoyed this book and it's been a long time since I've raved about anything. So basically just go buy it, read it and thank me later. So that was my original review of it, but I love this book. It's on a, my permanent shelf behind me. Um, and that shelf is small. So for me to put a, that top shelf up there is very select books. And that one's been on there for years now. So that is one true loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Um, I don't know if we're going to make it till midnight tonight, but we hope that you have a happy new year. Um, and our 2022 is looking good, Dawn. We have no idea what we're doing next episode, but we know it's no, going to be good. <laughs> that is why when you're sitting around waiting to make it till midnight while you're on your social media, you need to follow us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram so that we can update you when we know exactly what we're going to be doing in January. Yes. And if you want to do a good deed for the last day of the year, we still need reviews, you guys. So we have two written reviews on the podcast and I think seven reviews. So thanks for those of you who have reviewed us. But if you are feeling kind and generous and like the podcast, we would appreciate you 
rating us on Apple podcasts in particular, because that helps us get seen um, by new people who are looking for bookish podcasts. So try to do that if you can, and we'll be very appreciative. And I hope that you have a great New Year's Eve and we look forward to spending time with you guys in 2022. And we hope that every book you pick up in the next year is rad reading. Bye you guys. Bye.